Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums, your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. Number one, it's if your kid has disordered eating or an eating disorder, it is not your fault as parents. I think there's this guilt that we have when we're experiencing that. There's not, but there's actually a lot that we can do to decrease the risk. And the real problem is that we live in diet culture and diet culture is normalized. I mean, we all do it between friends and all diet culture really means is that we value thinness and appearance over anything else. Hey guys, it is Monday and welcome to the CatNet Unfiltered podcast. And this is a special podcast because Nat and I started the Common Parent way back when, because when we had teenagers, we felt way over our head and like no one was talking about it. Toddlers and the younger ones, everyone had all the conversations and there was books. So the Common Parent is a community that we created for members where they can go and listen to amazing experts. Now, because we love our community so much, we wanted to bring over some of the experts so you could hear little snippets of them. We bring you one a Monday 
If you're in the membership, you know that you get full access to them and you have a whole bunch of library in there. So if you're new here, go check out thecommonparent.com. And if you're not, you're going to take a listen to some of the experts that join us. Um, really, it is about taking tools for your toolbox, quick hits, because a lot of us don't have time for a lot of books. And all the experts are so amazing that learning something that's actionable that day is like, ah, the best. So uh, this Monday, we hope you enjoy our expert and just sit back. Uh, we know it can be overwhelming. We know it can feel like a lot, but with the experts and the community and us, we all can do this together. Take a listen um, to our next expert right after this break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Nat. 
we spoke to you already once and I was like, wow, we have to do this again because, um, well, I'll let you introduce who you are because I always feel like when I read the intros, it doesn't sum up what everyone really is or does. And it's always so awkward, but also introducing myself. I is not the uh, least awkward thing I've ever done. So I'm, I'm Jessica Diamond. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. So in short, nutritionist and a parent coach. And I help moms, moms-to-be kids, babies, toddlers, tweens, teens, any type of kid, any age, help them have a better relationship with food. So whether it's picky eating or disordered eating, really my whole focus in this world is to help people have a better relationship with food and their bodies because I think that's one of the best gifts we can give our kids. I am I'm so with you on that one and luckily thankfully for right now however we say it because I know this is a lifelong thing that people struggle with we have we're there we have we have we have this um with our children all of our children right now but what the hard thing for us as moms is right now that the the conversations that they're having in school and their friends are disordered eating. It's like I was saying to Kath on our team, our team who let who you know you were just talking to before. I said, it's really hard to know. Is this something we should be talking about, like sex, like these conversations? Because I think a lot of parents think if they open their mouth about disordered eating, it's going to cause disordered eating. But I don't think it's talked about enough, and I don't know how to debunk the myths or bulletproof them of what they're going to feel when they see someone doing this. You know what I mean? So I, as a parent, don't have a child who's disordered eating, but that conversation's there and I don't know how to tackle it from a way that doesn't make it look glamorous and beautiful. Totally. So I think the first thing to say is number one, it's if your kid has disordered eating or an eating disorder, it is not your fault as parents. I think there is this guilt that we have when we're experiencing that. There's not, but there's actually a lot that we can do to decrease the risk. And the real problem is that we live in diet culture and diet culture is normalized. I mean, we all do it between friends and all diet culture really means is that we value thinness and appearance over anything else. And we're told, you know, if we're thin and we eat healthy and we eat right, we're gonna be happy on the inside and out. And we know that's not true. And so I think it's sometimes hard because diet culture is so part of our culture, right? We're talking about cleanses and diets we're on. Oh, these jeans just don't look right on me or I need, I have just those last five pounds to lose. But the problem is our kids are hearing that. Right. And so they hear those messages and what we tell them and what we say about our own bodies and our own relationship with food is also what they then hear and what, you know, they grow into. So and the other thing about diet culture is that it's kind of contagious. Right. So, you know, you're out to dinner, you guys are out to dinner and one person says like, oh, my gosh, I need to lose those last five pounds. And that's going to invite this conversation of, oh, my gosh, I tried this cleanse and it didn't work or you know, I've cut out X, Y, and Z and it's working, or I feel so disgusting. Those types of things is so common in our culture and talking almost about like, you know, healthy, like what is the healthy thing to do is really common. And so I think part of it is just taking a step back, recognizing how much we're talking about it and saying it and start to 
kind of flip the script in our families to kind of unpack that a bit and be a little more positive about our bodies and, and what we eat. And the other thing is that we can do is in our own homes, we can stop labeling food as good versus bad, right? So, you know, there's no question that C-SNAP peas are more healthy than Cheetos, right? We know that. But yeah. when we're labeling food, we're doing the opposite effect on our kid. When we say one thing is healthy or good versus the other, number one is when they eat the other and they enjoy it because they're going to enjoy those Cheetos or those Skittles or their, those M&Ms, they feel shame. It's like, if this is a bad food, right. why do I feel good eating a bad food? Number one. But number two is when we make anything off limits, the reason why diets don't really work, right? If we cut out carbs at a certain point, all we're gonna be doing is dreaming about those carbohydrates and wanting to eat them and obsess over that and then overeat them. So when we're telling, when we're labeling foods as good versus bad, we're we're setting up kind of that disordered thought in our kids' heads and right. that, that that's problematic. And I mean, it starts really early, right? So you say when to have the conversation or how to approach this conversation. I mean, preschoolers are learning red foods, green foods, yellow foods, right? Good foods, okay foods, and bad foods that we should limit. Or how to read a sugar, you know, the grams of sugar on a nutrition label. Right. So we're getting this information really, really, really early on, um, earlier than we ever have before. There's a statistic that anytime I think about it, it blows my mind, which is 40% of girls aged five to nine wish they were thinner, and one third of third graders are already afraid of being fat. Fuck. Right? Fuck is right. So there is no, we can have these conversations in tweenhood, in teenhood. We can start these with our, you know, three to five-year-olds even. we. We will start the conversation when we start to see the behaviors, I would say, right? So if your kid comes and says to you, I'm fat, or I'm not pretty, or I'm not thin enough, or is this a good food or a bad food? Those are the, are the moments where they're opening up that conversation, that conversation where we can step in. It's, it's so hard as a mom, and I think, I don't know how many moms can like resonate with this, but like, you know, we took our dog to the vet and they're like, she's fat. <laughs> Yes. she's overweight by like five pounds and I'm like and they're like Clint like the doctor's like this is not good for her health her heart like right so it's like the vet and the kids are with me and I'm like oh my god like you know so yeah. that's it's like so interesting because you know it's like this balance between teaching them how to navigate their the big the foods that are you know quote unquote fuel them Mm -hmm. versus foods that don't fuel them and you want to teach them because it is a learned skill to understand how to fuel your body versus you know treating it poorly because you know as someone who is you know getting older it's like you get aware of your health differently older. and that's when you often have teens and tweens and, and you know you hear about like middle weight is not good for you. Like the stomach weight. And, you know, we have friends in menopause and they're like, I just woke up and I'm like, a di like I'm a different size. And you know, when I eat now, um, sugar, I mean, when I eat um, ice cream, actually sugar, chocolate, the acid reflux is so bad. My kids are like, don't do it, mom. Like, don't like, they're like, please don't do it. You know, cause I don't do it like that. a man who's like in a contest and like, stop it. So it's like, the, How do we they can that? And I'm fairly transparent about it, but you know, when, when I think that the, the, the 
confusion for for especially teen girls is the conversation of so and so has an eating disorder and they don't eat. Um, like my response is like, uh, like uh, do I let them know that this is common or like you know like mm -hmm. I'm like oh th that's sad or like you know it's so hard to know how to navigate when it seems to be fairly, everyone's like, it's back. Like, I feel right. like it's back more than ever. And I feel like my kids are like, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. So it's like everywhere now more than, I don't know if it's more than ever or if it's TikTok. It is, it is. Yeah. And, and like, how do you as a parent, when your kid isn't having those tendencies, like walk them through it to let them know you know, this isn't okay and I don't endorse it or it can do this. Like, it's so confusing yeah. how to normalize that conversation without shaming the other child or, you know, okay. doing those things. Totally. Okay. So let's unpack that. So the first thing is that to remember is that I think all of us on some level have some degree, I shouldn't say all of us, most of us have some degree of disordered eating, right? There are times when we feel like our eating is on and we're great and we're doing it and we're feeling good. And then other times we feel shame for eating a dessert or something else, right? That does not qualify as an eating disorder. That qualifies as disordered eating. So I think what's what all That's of us to some extent, right? Like have this feeling of disordered eating that at any, you know, at any point in time, obviously there are things where people that are more prone to eating disorders than others, but um, I think where to step in is kind of talking about that with our kids. And the answer is yes, eating disorders are more prevalent than they ever have been. And part of the reason is the pandemic 2020, yeah. you know, kids were indoors, there was not normal routines. They were exposed to a lot of things that they weren't exposed to before, not in their yeah. normal environment, their stress. There was a lot of things that came up. So it is more prevalent right now than it has. It's always been prevalent, but I think it's more out in the open. And kids, you're right, like they're on TikTok. They're just seeing, they're exposed to so much more, not what we were exposed to at that age. So I think one of the, the best ways is is let's say you're just having a conversation and you just want to have a conversation. You've been noticing there's a lot of kids around my kid that's ha that has eating disorders right now. How do I kind of approach this? I think the first thing I'd say is that I'd have a conversation with your kids saying, you know what, at home, we're going to change our language a bit. I'm going to be a little bit more relaxed with food and, and with body talk. And I want you to point out if you're noticing if I'm talking about food in kind of this non-neutral way, if I'm talking about good food or bad food or, and kind of talk about what diet talk is and what diet culture is and just say, let me know when I'm doing it. Because tweens love that. They love a moment where they can call you out being like, see, you're not, you're not doing it right. Right. But what that does is it helps start to build their critical thinking skills over, ah, oh, what is diet culture? Because when food is good or bad, when we are told what is healthy and not healthy, what we're doing is we're not listening to our body, we're listening right. to external cues. So let's say like just those external cues are great and you're in an environment where it's great, there's, no, there's not a significant problem with that. But when you are in an environment with kids and other types of where there's diets that are starting and there's TikTok, we need our kids to be able to critically think so that when they're not there, they can be like, ah, this doesn't make sense. This sounds like diet. This sounds like diet and things like that. So that's how I'd open up the conversation and just start recognizing it. 
And when a kid has an eating disorder and they come to you, yes, you have an honest conversation about it. It's really sad and it's a, it, this is a disease and this is what it means. And you know, I'm noticing that we don't, we don't have that in our house, but it's really making me rethink how we're doing things. Sometimes I feel guilty when I eat and I don't wanna feel that. And I don't want you to feel that. Um, and then the other thing, which feels sometimes that it's disconnected to food, but it's not, is making sure how we're talking about our bodies and ourself in front of our kids. So it is so easy to say, I'm fat, oh, this dress looks horrible, I can't get in the jeans, I'm going on tour, what am I gonna wear, nothing fits, I, blah, blah, blah. Totally. And focusing, as opposed to like the external, balance those comments, because we're all human, we're gonna make those, but let's balance it with like, I'm so proud of my body for being able to get through four nights of, of shows and that I can get up and I can get you to school and I'm strong and right. on the inside. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style It's so good to hear because I, I, I believe in like body autonomy and I think body positivity is having choices over your, your personal body. And I think that if you can love yourself, but also, you know, for me, it's not a weight thing. It's a a actual, I eat the chicken finger crust and you know, the the peanut butter crust without real food. And that's not good. I like, there's no, that's not good either. Like, you know, it's, it's the few, I think it's, it's the conversation, you know, I'm even to the point where my kids are like, can I have another cookie? I'm like, why are you asking me? This is your, like, this is you not, this is a you thing, not a me thing. You know, I don't like the permission aspect of things either. And I'm um, like, as a whole, we try not to even really focus on when, what, where I'm just kind of like, you know, this is, these are your choices, go crazy. Um, but I will say that the, the teenagers are probably in a different culture that us as parents can't comprehend. And their chatter is different than what we think it is. And I'm like Googling all the time. I'm with clients. I'm like, 
what does what does this even mean? I don't even know what this word means. I'm not sure what they're even referring to. And there's this thing now where they go to different rooms to eat. So they take all the kids out who have eating disorders and move them to a different place to eat because they some of them calorically need actual like monitor the, the the girls all know this. Like they're all aware that this is happening. So it's just it's such a you know, for the parents of teens, if your kid's not talking about it, it doesn't mean it's not in their world. It's and in it's their d- world and they feel it. They yeah. feel it, right? Like, even if they haven't been exposed to someone, let's say, with an eating disorder, they know that it exists. But they yeah. also know that thinness and diets and, and you know, focusing so much on all of the outside is what's really important in their world. That's what they're being told. And so it really is kind of all around us. And I, and I mean, I love, I love what you said. I, I cut you off. So I'm, I want to see if there's a question there, but you know, I love what you said about this idea that like, I'm not trying to, to really control it. It's, it's not a me thing. It's a you thing. And when we can teach our kids how to listen to their own internal hunger and fullness cues. That is how they grow to be an intuitive eater. And most of us aren't intuitive eaters. Most of us don't eat when we're hungry and stop when we're full. We eat for a lot of other reasons. But for our kids, we actually get to do it differently and they can do that. They have that ability. And so allowing them, you know, if you say desserts are bad, you're putting them on a pedestal. What you're saying is, you know, one more bite of your broccoli and then you can have another cookie. What they're hearing is the opposite. They're saying that cookie must be so special and so much better yeah. than this broccoli if I need to eat this first to have it. And you know, um, the way I parent is probably of capacity, not for thought. Like it's a lot of it just like, I'm not gonna fight two or three one cookies before dinner. Like, sure. Like, you know what I mean? This is not a fight worth that I have in me right now. So have the bag of cookies, I'm it. fine with it. You know, but I I I think that it's a it's a different, it's really, it's really there's two questions. One, are food and weight related? Like, do you, can you as, if you, if you actually need to lose weight, you know, and as a parent, and that's something you do in a way that's like full meals and, you know, eating everything, but not constantly talking about it. And your kids um, hear, hear that conversation. Cause what I'm hearing you say is it's the way we perceive ourselves. And then the way we talk about food and they're kind of like two different entities in, in this conversation and your journey and their journey has to be different because let's just say for Nat example, she had, um, they wanted to check her organs because of the fat deposits around there. And they were concerned that there was, you know, fatty organs. So that was a very different concern than a child who maybe needs to fuel themselves because they have four hours of hockey and seven, like, you know, two conversations. And I think as a society, we maybe lump it into one. And I think we need to dissect it and really begin to look at your own journey versus their journey versus where they're at versus where you're at, you know? So it's these push pulls that we have to educate them without scaring them and without teaching them that there's bad or good. Does that make, is that what we're trying to do as like a whole here? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, my, if you just think about it, my, my whole training is a dietitian. All I want is our kids to eat more fruits and vegetables and plant-based foods as opposed to less of the other stuff. Right. But, But at the same time, when we kind of educate in a formal way with that, 
we're leading to the opposite. We're leading to them eating less fruits and vegetables and more of the food items that we don't want. Because when we're labeling things as healthy, that word healthy feels so good. When we're like educating our kids about like spinach, we feel good as parents. We feel like we're doing something right. It's well intended. But the fact is that's not how they learn to actually eat healthier. And so it's not this formal education that we need to do. It's more by leading by example and what we bring in our house and how do we cook, right? We can tell our kids all day long, spinach is great, but if we're not cooking with spinach or they're not seeing it, it doesn't matter. You're you're just talking. (laughs) And so I think the first thing- Right. Like the first thing is, is that we don't need to formally educate about nutrition. They'll get that from other ways because the more formally we do it, the more disorder type eating we do. I mean, I always say food is so much more than just fuel and energy. We're told it's fuel and energy, but it's friendships and communities and cultures and, you know, conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always tell parents from the time that they're really young, when you come to the dinner table, talk about anything but the food right like not and teenagers i'm assuming too right like let's leave teenagers alone too because when they go for the high junk high sugar that's just rebellion like you just kind of got to let it go because they're they're trying on different behavior like when my daughter goes for a bag of chips after school i'm like like i'm not gonna say what are you doing eat an apple like i know what you're doing go for it Exactly. And, and the point, like the way that I like to handle kind of quote unquote junk or desserts or the items that we think we want our kids to eat less of that and more of the other things is include a dessert size portion, you know, before they're teenagers, when you have a little bit more control, once a meal every single day, offer dessert with the meal. Because what we're then doing is we're taking it off the pedestal. We're saying, great, it's just like any other food and we're just gonna treat it. And if you wanna eat the brownie first, go for it. If you're a family that says, you know what, in our house, I really don't have a lot of processed sugar, you can make something. You can make, you know, whatever you want, a muffin, a cookie. Totally. uh, Right, and offer it. And then it's super important that we give our kids opportunities for unlimited. So unlimited happen naturally throughout time, like birthday parties or when your kids are going out with their friends to go do something and they're uninhibited in those moments, right? Those are the times when they're getting more unlimited desserts. It's not like this, you get this one cookie today. It's more of you can have as much or as little as you want. And I like baking with kids, pulling them out of the oven and let it just, don't make it a big deal. Like, oh, today's the day that you get as much as you want but let them just do that because in a safe environment, if we let them overeat those foods, they're going to start to connect to their internal hunger cues. And if we, right. And if we, and eating 20 cookies, no matter what, it might feel really good in the moment. About 20 minutes later, it doesn't actually feel good. And we don't shame them. We don't say, you know, see, I told you so it's more of, Oh, you know, sometimes when I eat too many cookies hurts my tummy too. You know, you're so right. Right? You're so right. Our kids have the ability to learn this. Yes. I mean, I know that was a short snippet, like, you know, not long, but I do want to let you know the value of listening to experts where we curate the experience for you because topics can feel so overwhelming. And when you get a mom's perspective that we're all concerned about, you know, often experts deep dive into like one topic and we're like, but wait a minute, what can we do right now? And how can we fix this? And can you help us? And that's really what about the com- the common parents about is normalizing it and giving you guys quick information. And if you are not someone who can listen to audio all the time, 
but I think you are because you're listening to this. We email you, we give you quick um, roundups and always things that are cutting edge. And we just really appreciate all of you being here. I hope you learned something today and we hope you have a wonderful day or night wherever you may be. 